You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. This morning we're coming and we're just going to be real in the presence of God. Is that okay? I'm not yet to put on a facade for you or to put on anything except coming to you with an open heart and an open mind, using my own life as a, as a reference, right? Whatever I'm saying to you this morning, I'm saying to me. Is that okay? So if I ask you this morning, do you perhaps have approval addiction? I'm asking Belinda this morning, Belinda, do you perhaps have approval addiction? You see, we live in a world of social media, like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, and the like. Many are screaming silent cries of, do you see me? Do you love me? Am I good enough? Amen? Many are crying, do you love me? Am I good enough? Google reports that its Android devices alone takes 93 million selfies a day. Can you imagine? And in one poll, 18 to 24 year olds reported that every third photo they take is a selfie. I think this is a relevant topic, amen? We are yet to be real this morning, church. We are yet to take off our masks and be real in the presence of the Lord, is that okay? We all suffer a little bit of approval addiction. If I get a like, I'm happy. If somebody doesn't love my post, I'm not good enough. We take social media, we take Facebook, and we look at posts and we compare ourselves to each other. Look at this one, look at this one's life, look at what this one owns, look where this one lives, look what this one wears. And social media has started teaching us what is right and wrong. Is that not true? Either we're too fat, or we're too skinny, either we have too straight hair, or we need too curly hair. Am I talking the truth this morning? We are getting our approval from a, from a source that's not the Word of God. Some people reported taking more than eight selfies a day. This is not even including iPhones and other devices. Imagine, stats show that the global population will take 1.4 trillion photos this year. If three of those photos per person are selfies, we are looking at an estimate of 467 billion selfies in 2021. <laughs> you know, selfies are focused on me. Data shows that in the US, people whose ages range between 18 and 34 are expected to take more than 25,000 selfies in their lifetime. 25,000 selfies in your lifetime. Can you imagine? Adding all that up translates to about 2,400 lifetime hours spent on taking selfies. And they say this is, they, they predict that this was going to increase tremendously. 25,000 selfies a year. And you don't think approval addiction is an irrelevant topic for this morning. It's been Women's Month. We've been taking every Sunday. The first one was God has set me free from guilt and shame. The second week was take another look at who you are serving. Take another look at God because God is the most incredible being in this universe. He's not just a being, he's a person. And he loves tremendously. Amen? We need to take a chance. We need to take a step back and stop wanting constant approval. This leads to unhealthy relationships and an introspective world. It's all about me, how I'm feeling. 
what I'm going through. But you know what we forget? People put their highs on, on social media. Nobody puts a low on social media. There are so many filters. I don't even know anymore how to filter myself to look any better. Am I speaking to the right people this morning? It's time to get real, right? So this morning we're here together to get real with each other. My daughter asked me the other day, what did, so how many selfies did I take at high school? Okay, now I'm giving my age away. But I never took one selfie at high school. Can you imagine going through school without a selfie? I had to find a ticky box, and if I didn't have 20 cents, I had to reverse charge call very fast to my mother. Who played in that movie? Right? Yes. We lived in a very different world. She asked me the other day, what did Facebook say when we got engaged? I said, we didn't have Facebook yet when we got engaged. Now I'm really giving my age away, okay? So bear with me. But we lived in a very different world and the world has evolved into this platform of gaining approval all the time. How important is the approval of others to you? Ask yourself that question this morning. How important is other people's approval to you? Because if other people's approval is important to you, you will do anything for that approval. I'm going to read a scripture in the Bible. I'm going to tell you two, two passages in the Bible where approval addiction comes through. Can I tell you? There are many more in the Bible. I only took two for this morning. Is that okay? So can we read Acts 14, verse 8 to 19? It's the story of Paul and Barnabas. In Lystra, there was a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth, and he had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lycranian language, the gods have come down to us in a human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and reeds to the city gate because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from your worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And then I'm going to shoot down to verse 18. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. So Paul and Barnabas are walking along and there's a lame man. And they see the faith in this heart of this lame man. And they say, do you have stand up? And this lame man stands up. Now there's a mob, a crowd around Paul and Barnabas. And this mob and crowd think they are gods that have come down. Right? Bear with me, you're going to see where I'm going with this. In the scripture, Paul and Barnabas are demonstrating the power of God and were being loved by the people to the point where their people wanted to offer sacrifices to them. When the apostles heard this, they tore their clothes and they rushed into the crowd saying, friends, why are you doing this? We are only human like you. We are only human like you, right? In verse 18, they were being loved and worshipped for what they'd done in the name of Jesus. Can I say that? In verse 18, they were being loved and worshipped for what they'd done in the name of Jesus. Suddenly, one verse later, everything changes. Are you ready to see what happens? In verse 19, it says, Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples that had gathered around him, he got up and went back to the city. The next day, he and Barnabas went to the Derby. 
One verse later, that same crowd that was shouting, hallelujah, you're the best thing since popcorn, was shouting, we're going to stone you. And we're not just shouting it, we're going to do it. The same mob, the same people, in just one verse, after being praised by the crowd for what they had done, the crowd stoned Paul and dragged him out to the city thinking he's dead. They had just escaped being worshipped for sharing Jesus after a miracle had taken place to a mob responding violently at the name of Jesus. The crowd went from all hail, you are wonderful, we love you, to we're going to stone you and kill you. They, they, they spoke the same word, they saw the same miracle, it was the same people, but in one verse, the people that loved them stoned them. Are you with me this morning? In one moment, Paul is first seen as a God, and the next he's holding on to life. This shows you that the approval of people is changeable. Does that not show you that? The approval of people is changeable. I don't need a like to know I'm okay. Whether you like me or you don't, it does not matter because my approval lies in Jesus. My approval lies in Jesus. You see, today, some still want to worship Jesus and still some want to murder him. Today, some people still want to worship Jesus and some still want to murder him. In this room today, we have people that love Jesus and people that don't. Am I speaking the truth? We have people searching for God. We have people who have accepted God. We have people that blame God for their pain and their anxiety and their life. And we have people that love God regardless of their pain, their anxiety, and their life in this building today. Can we get real? Can I get an amen? Because I'm not yet to put on a show, church. We are yet to get real in the presence of God because in the presence of God, we grow up. And it's time to start growing up. Amen, ladies? It's time to start growing up. Today, some still love Jesus. And today, guess what? Some still despise him. The very same word, the very same promise, the very same miracle moved a mob from worshiping Paul and, and Barnabas to wanting to kill them. That tells me this morning, in this crowd, we have people that want to stone Jesus and we have people that want to worship him. We have people here that think Jesus is the, the, the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful person in this whole entire universe. And we have people that hate him. Where do you sit this morning? Where do you sit this morning? If your approval addiction is not under control, you will go anywhere for your next hit. If your approval addiction is not under control and you don't get the approval in this church, guess what? You'll go to another church for a hit. It's like a drug. Am I speaking to the right people this morning? Can I hear a hallelujah? Those outside, can I hear a hallelujah? Amen. We only may have 50 in the building, so we have 100 people outside that are listening to the service this morning. And I'm going to preach my heart out for those giving their chairs up this morning. Amen. For each one of us sitting in the building this morning. And I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit touches them like they've never been touched before in the garden, on the grass outside. Hallelujah. Amen. If your approval addiction is not under control, you will go anywhere for your next hit. Where do you get your hit from? From a thumbs up. Is that what gives you the, the worth that you deserve? A child of the most high God. A thumbs up. 
You see, this is why we have to be content in what God says about us and who we are in Christ. This is another reason why we need to go to God daily. Daily, ladies, daily men, gentlemen, young men, we need to go to God daily and allow the Holy Spirit to speak life and love and purpose over our identity and over the core of who we are. Do you get what I'm saying this morning? Like I said, in this building today, there are people that love God, people that hate Him. Does the picture of who you are and your worth come from your soul or from your spirit? Do you see yourself through your soul or through your spirit? Reacting from the soul doesn't protect you because you think you got your, this, this whole thing under control. You think you're protecting yourself. It's toxic. Amen? It has to be centered around Jesus Christ. It has to be centered around Jesus Christ. Take responsibility for the condition of your heart this morning. We are not here to play church. Amen? We are not here to put on a Sunday morning service, get you blessed and get you out of here. We are here to get the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart this morning and make something change. We're not here to tickle your ears. We are here to tell you that God loves you unconditionally. God accepts you unconditionally. Your approval needs to come from God. If we are trying to live up to the opinions of others, we develop unhealthy margins in our lives. What is the right margin? How fair is it to compare a tree to a car? I said to the music ministry yesterday, how fair is it to compare a tree to a car? If I take the, the specs of a car and I put it on a tree, how fair is that? But if I take the specs of the tree and I put it on the car, how fair is that? Because you see, when God made you and you and you and you, he put something incredible on the inside of you that only you can give this world. And the devil will come to steal, kill, and destroy that at any cost. Can I give you a great revelation this morning? <laughs> it looks like I do that every Sunday, right? I'm going to give you a great revelation this morning. The devil does not like you. Can I give you a great revelation? The devil doesn't like you. His whole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. You are made in the image of the, the, the Father, and he hates Jesus. He hates the Father. He hates the Holy Spirit. So to hurt him, what will he do? He will try and hurt you. If you get a revelation that the devil is not your friend, things will change. Amen? If you live by the praises of man, you will die by the criticism of them. If you live by the praises of man, you will die by the criticism of them. But even in the Bible, like Paul and Barnabas, the same crowd that loved them, that wanted to do worship and, and offer sacrifices the very next day, almost cost him his life. People's, people's minds change. What standard is, is Facebook and social media setting? And we believe it. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. Look at this person. Everything's going fantastic in this person's life. Look at mine. And we, put, we, we downgrade ourselves to the opinion of man, where God has said, I love you unconditionally. I love you whether you have the best Versace handbag or Jimmy Choo shoe or whether you live in a mansion or whether you live on the street. I love you. You are good enough for me. What you have doesn't change my love for you. 
another example of a privilege addiction. Can I give you another example from the Bible? Is this interesting? Have you ever heard this from the Word? Amen? In 1 Samuel 15. I'm going to read it to you because there's, just quickly then we can speak about it. Is that okay? 1 Samuel 15 verse 1 to 4. This is King Saul. Now the background of the scripture is the people had come to Samuel and said that they want a king. Up until that point, God had governed them through his prophets. But man was not happy with that. Man wanted flesh and blood. Man wanted someone to look at. Amen. So Samuel had appointed Saul, and this is where we get. Samuel said to Saul, I'm the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over the people of Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they, have, they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from, from Egypt. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death Men, women, children, infants, cattle, and sheep, camels, and donkeys. So yes, Samuel comes to Saul. He says, I want you to attack the Amalekites, but destroy everything. Is that correct? Am I telling you what you're reading? I need your help here that I'm on the right track. Amen? He says, does he say keep anything? What is the instruction? Destroy everything. Let's, let's um, jump down to verse 7. Then Saul attacked the Malachites all the way from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Malachites, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed with a sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag, and the best of the sheep and cattle and fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I've made King Saul because he has turned away from me and he has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul and he was told Saul has gone to Carmel. There he had set up a monument in his own honor and he had turned and gone down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you. I have carried out what the, the Lord's instructions. Are you with me? Saul says, the Lord bless you. I've carried out the Lord's instructions. What was the Lord's instructions? Destroy everything. What I read, did he destroy everything? Okay. And Samuel said, what then is the bleating of sheep in my ears? What is the lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, the soldiers brought them from the Malachites. They spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord. But we totally destroyed the rest. Can you imagine? Enough, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul said. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribe of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. And he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Malachites. Wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you, did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the, in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Samuel said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. And I completely destroyed the Malachites and brought back Agag their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder and the best of what was devoted to the Lord in order to sacrifice them to the Lord, the God of Gilgal, at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices 
much as in obeying the Lord, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I've sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, so I gave in to them. I was afraid of the men, so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that we may worship the Lord. Samuel asked, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? The prophet asked Saul, what pleases the Lord, obedience or sacrifice? Saul wants to please the people and states that he gave the people, gave in to the people because he was afraid of their reactions. The Lord said, destroy everything. Saul's need to please others led him on a path which is, was also about pleasing him. When somebody says, I'm fantastic, guess who gets the kick? Am I speaking to the right people this morning? Amen? Ladies, somebody, you don't need another lady's approval to know that you are beautiful. You don't need another lady's approval to know that you are special, and that you are loved, and that you have a purpose, and that you have a destiny, and that you are going to make it tomorrow. You don't need someone else in flesh to tell you it's okay. Yes, we will have that sisterhood around us that tells us we're okay. But our approval comes from God. Mighty women, approval comes from God. Because if somebody gives me a thumbs up or an angry face, it's not going to change me. Whether somebody likes the sermon or not, guess what? I'm doing it to the Lord this morning and hopefully he's just going to think I'm so cute. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm here this morning to give you a word from God. Whether you take it or not is up to you. But this word is trying to tell you that you are special and that you are loved. And that no measure from this world is meant to be put on you, to put any, 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 any level on you. He feared the people more than obeying God. Saul feared the people. He feared the people so much, and then he went and he put a monument for himself as well. Did you, did you read that with me? He put a monument. Samuel says that obedience is better than sacrifice. But look what, how Saul responds. He says, I have sinned, but... I have sinned, but how many times has God said to you, what you are doing is wrong? And you come, Lord, yes, you, I know it's wrong, but God says, I want you to do this and this and this. You do this and you say, that's enough. Lord, I've obeyed you. The Lord says, no, no, no. I told you to do X, Y, and Z. You've only done X. Right? What is your but this morning? In 1 Samuel 15, Saul replied, I've sinned, but... Please honor me before the elders. He realizes he's wrong. He realizes his mistake. But he says, but you know what? Come and honor me in any case. I'm not going to go in front of the people and say, I've sinned. Come with me. Let, just honor me in front of the people. Amen? Are you there this morning? This led to his kingship being taken away. Now, not his sonship. Because God never stopped loving Saul. Your ugliest moment will not make God turn away from you. Your most beautiful moment won't make God turn away from you. Your most beautiful moment won't make God love you more, and your ugliest moment won't make God hate you more. Because you see, we portray God as, an, as a harsh God, but He's loving, and He is so kind. We serve a kind God. 
He knows everything about me and he still loves me. How incredible is that? He knows your ugliest moment. We all have our ugliest moment. Can we just say amen? He knows our ugliest moment and he still loves me. That is the God we serve. We need to deal with our our approval addiction at the feet of Jesus. This is where we will get God's opinion about us and get a God confidence in what he says we are, at the feet of Jesus. Not a self-confidence, a God confidence. How different is a God confidence? A God confidence says when I walk and somebody is ugly to me, you know what? I have the love of God overflowing out my heart because can I give you another light bulb moment? Hurting people hurt. Hurting people hurt. If somebody's hurting, they will hurt you. So if somebody's saying something on social media or at school or in the classroom or in the college or wherever, they are hurting themselves. Why take that opinion? Why take that jacket and make it yours? You should take that person, ladies. If somebody's really nasty to me, you're in a special place on my prayer wall. If you want to be ugly to me, guess what? I'm going to pray more for you. You want to tell me I really am not, not so cool? It's okay. I'm going to start praying for you. Because you know what? When you get to know who I am and who God has purposed me to be, you're going to love me. And when I get to know who you are and who God has purposed you to be, I'm going to love you back. In the natural. Until that moment, I will keep loving you and pushing my heart in that direction to love you, love you, love you, love you. Because nobody is made to be a bully. Nobody was born a bully. No baby is born and God says, you will be a bully. Amen? Am I speaking to the right people this morning? This is a relevant message. 25,000 selfies a year. God makes us in his image. Spend time with the Lord and declare scripture over what God says you are. I dare you. I dare you for six months, even a month, to take God's word and start telling that mirror of yours who God says you are. Start saying, you are precious and you are loved. You were bought with a price. You're going over, not under. God has a purpose and a destiny for you. But you see, if you neglect your time with the Lord, it becomes very hard to shift from pleasing people to pleasing God because you're bombarded with social media. If you don't hear what God says about you, social media will tell you who you are. And if you don't fit into that little box at that time, in that color, you're not good enough. Am I speaking to the right people? Young people, young ladies, God has placed the most beautiful things on the inside of you. Never compare yourself to anybody. Never compare yourself to anybody. It would be unfair on the world to do that because what the other person has, what you are seeing is beautiful, but you know what? You're forgetting about the beauty in you and it doesn't have to be the same. God doesn't need to duplicate people. He makes everyone beautiful and everything beautiful in its time. Once you're in the space of God, what do you want me to do? Everything changes. Everything about your doing becomes worshipful because you know in him you move, in him you live, and in him you have your being. There might be facts, but it's not the truth. The truth is this. The truth is this. Every word written down here is truth. Amen? The truth is, you are who God says you are. God is for you and not against you. You are who God says you are. 
You are not what social media says you are. You are not what Instagram says you are. You are not what the person in your class says you are. You are not a, the most popular person in class's opinion does not matter because you are what God says you are. Amen? And if anybody says anything else, put them on your prayer wall and start praying for them. And that's not fire and brimstone and lightning, right? We pray beautiful things into that photo, okay? We pray everything we want in our lives. So if we want love in our lives, we pray love into those people's lives. If we want breakthrough in our lives, we pray breakthrough over that photo. Am I helping somebody this morning? Because you know what? I've played in this movie before. We're on social media. I get likes and I get angry faces. <laughs> Amen? And the angry faces win a place on our prayer wall. Amen? Because you know what? That person hasn't realized how blessed they are and how precious they are and how blessed I am and how precious I am. And until we get that agreement, we're just going to keep choosing the word of God. It is getting the word in and letting it set you free that changes you. It doesn't help reading the Bible. Allow it to set you free. Make time for that secret place to get God's perception of you. Ephesians 5 verse 1 to 5 says, Be imitators of God in everything you do, for then you will represent your Father as His beloved sons and daughters. And continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For He surrendered His life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God, like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. And have nothing to do with sexual immorality, lust, or greed. For you are his holy one. And let no one be able to accuse you of them in this, any form. Guard your speech. Forsake obscenities and worthless insults. They are nonsensical words and bring disgrace and are unnecessary. Instead, let the worship fill your heart and spill out in your words. How beautiful is that? In the secret place, you grow up and you don't get a quick fix from being a Christian. Can I tell you that again? You don't get a quick fix from being a Christian. It's not fix me, wave your Jesus wand and make me better. You're going to have to take responsibility for your heart. Put your heart on that word and I can guarantee you, you will never be the same. Amen? It's a continual choosing God over and over and over again. Like I said in the beginning, there are people here that love Jesus and people here that hate him. There are people here that accept him and people here that reject him. Take responsibility for your heart and start accepting what God says about you because in the secret place you grow up. Does that make sense? In my secret place I grow up. I don't come with my childish ways anymore before God. God says to me, stop doing that now. It's not okay. Let it go. Amen? But many of us have become so used to our limp. We've, we've been limping or our little security blanket of rejection. This is my little blanket. This is me. Amen? Can we be real this morning? Is that okay? Am I going too deep? We've become so used to walking with a limp. This is me. We become so used to our little blanket of rejection. I suffer from rejection. We're in the secret place. We have to lay that down. Take the garment of praise. Say, God, your approval is for me. You brag about me. I'm not cheap. I was bought with a price. Amen? Can I hear you say amen, ladies? 
We do not have to work for God's approval. He already loves you. He already loves you. You're not for sale. You were bought with a price. Can we go before God every morning and say, Lord, teach me, wire me, show me who I am and who you are? Is your song this morning, God, raise me in the secret place? I want to ask you something. Homework. I always give homework. If you can take a journal and write down scriptures on God's love for you, I promise you your life will change. Take a journal and write down what God thinks about you. His love for you. And every time you get a thumbs down or you get an angry face on social media, you take that book and you replace that angry face and that thumbs down with the truth. Because that thumbs down is not the truth. Bible in Matthew 11 verse 28 says, Why are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine and learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require from you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Pleasant and easy to bear. God already has known all about you from the very beginning and he still chooses you. God knew everything about you from the beginning, still chose you. In conclusion, sometimes freedom is a challenge because we've got used to walking with our limp. I'm rejected has become our security blanket, but when you see the greatness of Jesus, you don't need anyone else's approval. Jesus is easy to please and we can trust him to approve of us. God turned his face from Jesus that he did not have to turn his face from you. When Jesus was on the cross bearing everything ugly from us, God turned his face from Jesus that he never had to turn his face from you. His love for you is written in his scars. Amen? His love for you is written in his scars. Live a life on purpose for a purpose. Can I say that again? Live a life on purpose for a purpose. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.